United Soccer Coaches is proud to bring you the weekly United Soccer Coaches podcast, covering all aspects and all levels of the game we love. The United Soccer Coaches podcast is presented by Team Snap and hosted by veteran soccer announcer Dean Linky, the longtime television and podcast voice of the association. Now, here's Dean with this week's show. I am Dean Linky, and we have a super timely show for you today. We start with Nicole Hercules, who's the chair of the Black Soccer Coaches Advocacy Group for United Soccer Coaches. She has a big time program planned on unitedsoccercoaches.org on Juneteenth, June 19th. It is a power packed program that you do not want to miss. Speaking of timely, of course, we're all still in shock at seeing Christian Erickson from Denmark collapse on the field. Dan Wog, a longtime writer for Soccer America, of course, we also know him as the chair of the LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group, but he is also an uber successful high school coach on the East Coast who has three specific stories about the importance of having an AED nearby a field, no matter what level you are, to help save a life. Dan Wogue is always great. And then we end with another strong woman and Susie Petroselli, who has written a book called Raised a Warrior, a memoir of soccer, grit, and leveling the playing field about the trials and tribulations of being a young woman and a young woman in sport. It is a fantastic read. Susie is now published here in the United States. You need to order that book. It is indeed powerful. Nicole Hercules, Dan Wogue, Susie Petroselli on this week's United Soccer Coaches podcast. And it starts after this message from our presenting sponsor, Team Snap. Does managing your club or league feel like a second job? If so, you might need some help. With Team Snap, you can get it. Their customers save up to 15 hours each week on tasks such as communication, registration, scheduling, and more. Plus, everything you need is online, which means no more trips to the bank, no more lost checks, and no more colossal spreadsheets. Bring your club or league into the 21st century with Team Snap. Go to TeamSnap.com to learn more. Team Snap is proud to be the presenting sponsor of the United Soccer Coaches podcast. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap, where we have a big time show today, kicking off with Nicole Hercules, who is the chair of the Black Soccer Coaches Advocacy Group is right around the corner on June 19th. That's Juneteenth, also known as Freedom Day, Jubilee Day, Liberation Day and Emancipation Day. It's a holiday celebrating the emancipation of those who had been enslaved in the United States Originating in Texas, it is now celebrated annually on June 19 throughout the United States with increasing official recognition, which is exciting because it shows we're growing. It is commemorated on the anniversary date of the June 19, 1865 announcement of General Order Number no. 3 by Union Army General Gordon Granger proclaiming freedom from slavery in Texas and here to tell us about everything that United Soccer Coaches is going to be doing on Juneteenth is the aforementioned chair of the Black Coaches Advocacy Group, Hercules, Hercules, Hercules. <laughs> Nicole Hercules. And Nicole, thanks for being on the podcast. Thanks for kicking off the podcast. Of course, Dean, you know, it's an important topic and it's always a great conversation with you. So, you know, we have to be here to talk about this. Yeah, Juneteenth in 
it's interesting as we continue to make progress and then we hit bumps in the road and then we try to make more progress. I feel like, man, I feel like the spotlight's on Juneteenth even brighter this time around. Maybe you don't feel that way, but I definitely feel it. Maybe that's because I'm more involved thanks to people like you. And by the way, I thank you for getting me involved because I'm so proud to be an ally for you. But I do feel like people are paying more attention to Juneteenth and what it means. I think so. I think even just with the national office, like they're taking off that day. They're going to be doing community service. They're going to be, you know, in Kansas City doing some things in some black communities. So I think people aren't only just taking awareness of some of the things that are happening within the black community and black culture, um, but they're recognizing that this is a part of American history. It's not just a black history moment. It's American history. Um, So everyone's recognizing that and just wanting to bring awareness and to do a little bit more. Outside of what you're going to do and outside of your role as the chair of the Black Soccer Coaches Advocacy Group, when you hear Juneteenth, what does it mean to you? How does it shake you down, Nicole? To be honest, it's just an interesting day because two years before that, you know, there was the Emancipation Proclamation um, that was really supposed to be what really made slaves free. And it took another two years. And then when you think of the fact that the 4th of July happened in 1776, 89 years later was the emancipation of of Blacks. There's work that needs to be done. There's still some similar patterns that we see with laws and different things that tend to block the success of Blacks. But, you know, we still, we fight, we continue to work together. And we are really looking forward to using this day to talk about the oldest nationally celebrated, you know, commemoration of the ending of slavery. And we want to have this as a day of, you know, just remembrance and the opportunity that African-Americans have to honor history, American history, and to celebrate Black culture. So tell us, as you said, United Soccer Coaches is taking the day off, but they're not really. They're going to get involved in community service. And really, the Black Soccer Coaches Advocacy Group is not taking the day off. They have a lot of exciting things planned. I'd love for you to just have the floor and walk us through every single thing that is planned. Is that okay, Nicole? Oh, of course. Yeah. You know, we're going to start the day at 1145 Eastern time. I'm on the East Coast, but we want to make sure that everyone we're going to give an intro of what what Juneteenth is. Indeed, it's also our 25th year as the Black Soccer Coaches of United Soccer Coaches. So we're, there's so much that we have to celebrate. There's so much that we have to bring awareness to. But for that intro, we really want all coaches to recognize that this isn't just for Black coaches. This is for all coaches to come together, to get excited, to spend the day together, to learn together, to grow together. And the culmination of this is to have an action plan for being a part of positive changes. So that's really going to be what the first introduction and welcome is going to be about. We have some amazing sessions. We have a professional development session, you know, on managing your career as, you know, a business. And that session is going to be brought to us by the amazing Mike Curry, who who worked at, you know, Deloitte and Vanguard and Rob Smith, who was an executive at Nike. So these guys have some amazing things to share with all coaches, you know, and the session is going to just visit some some best practices and frameworks for successful coaches, coaches, both on and off the field. So that's that's going to be the very first session after my wonderful welcome and introduction. You know, after that, we're going to have an amazing conversation on creating opportunities for players and coaches. It's an HBCU panel. So it's having this conversation that we think is going to be really inspirational because we're going to have, you know, we're talking about 25 years as the black soccer coaches, but we're going to have Lincoln Phillips there and talk about full circle on (laughs) July 4th. He's going to turn 80 years old. So it's like all these little things and all these dates that are kind of coming together in a really cool and unique way. But we're going to talk about how successful he was with an all black team, you know, and him being ready to pass that torch on to the next generation of coaches, along with a guy that many people don't know, but he's a big, big deal in the soccer landscape, Keith Tucker. He took over Howard, I believe it was somewhat after 
Lincoln took on a very tough UVA team that was dominant and took them down with Bruce Arena, who's, you know, phenomenal, legendary coach with a legendary squad that really did damage in the NCAA. And to this day, they have coaches that came out of that program who are just dominant within the coaching landscape, just as dominant, dominant as they were as an NCAA team. So we're excited for these guys to talk about those successes and how it was possible so that these black lesbians can then pass this torch on to, you know, we have Philip Zhao, who's at Howard right now, and Kevin. Kevin Larry, who you guys are going to meet, and he is the funniest guy out there. He's at Alcon State. And then we have a couple guys, Jason Gross and Averick Parker, who are starting some HBCU showcases and camps that we're looking to create opportunities for Black players. So we're really talking about how this next generation of coaches and leaders are going to try to create opportunities through this HBCU pathway. That's going to be a great discussion that all are welcome for. I will come back again for another session that's going to be on Black women in soccer. And this session is really going to talk about how tough it is to kind of be that that black strong woman, you know, and that's often just the price of entry. The conversation is going to be discussing the experiences coming in, in from the intersections of both race and gender. Um, so it's going to talk about, you know, misogyny and ways to overcome it. You know, we have the amazing Carla Thompson, who was one of the first female DLCs. So just not even just black coaches, but women can just learn from what she had to kind of go through and how she's been able to be successful. She's currently a um, U.S. soccer coach educator. Nikki Washington, who played for a really dominant UNC team with Anson Dorrance, will be on there. She's also one of two of the only assistant coaches in the national ever in the National Women's Soccer League. So she brings that experience in. Uh, Shalom Kimball, who's on our leadership group, and she's also on Dan Woog's LGBTQ group. So she's going to tell us a lot about what it is, not only be a black woman, but to be a black lesbian woman. And we have Marsha Harper, who's this young up and coming coach at American University. And of course, Kimberly Crabb, first African-American woman to play on the U.S. national team. And Havana McAlvey, who uh, played at Washington University of Washington for our former president, Leslie, all these amazing women who are going to come together and just tell these stories. But the most important thing is that we have solutions at the end. And although it's going to be black women telling these stories, there's going to be women of all races who can relate to it and can find ways that they can be successful and find their pathway after these conversations. And then the last session that we have for the day is minding your health through exercise and nutrition. We have this panel with the amazing Stacey Wilson, who is a former national team player, who is the fittest person I know. Like, I feel like she can, I watched the women's national team last night and I'm like, Stacey could play right now. She wanted to, she's that fit. She's that dominant. But when it, it really comes to it. People don't know this about Stacy. Stacy is a science and math mind. She went to a phenomenal science and math high school. She is just a brain and she loves sports science. So she's going to share her wisdom. And then we're bringing on the amazing Shioma Hatanmo, who works with professional athletes. She's also with uh, Sporting Kansas. So she's out your way where you are right now in Kansas City. Uh, but she works with professional athletes on the, the mental and emotional aspect of sports, but also like how they're eating nutrition. So she has this mindfulness uh, that we all learn from her. She's just this amazing energy. So people are going to get a lot out of that session. And then at four o'clock, we're going to end with our celebrating 25 years as Black soccer coaches. And we're going to talk about the successes of our coaching community, what the future is going to look like, what the potential pathway is going to be. We're going to not just want to inspire Black coaches, but all coaches to be a part of how we move forward, coming with some action items in unity. So Dean, I'm excited about it. You can probably hear as I'm running through all those sessions, but that's what we're looking to bring to all of the coaches at United Soccer Coaches. We're excited for so many coaches to come along. And I think I, the thing I'm most proud about is that 
sometimes when there's a black soccer celebration, co coaches don't feel like it's for them. I'm seeing all the coaches from our coaching community registering, signing in, recognizing that this is for all of us. So I'm excited to be together with all of the United Soccer Coaches community. A world-class breakdown of all that is happening for United Soccer Coaches on Juneteenth as we continue to move forward. Before we take our first break, we're going to promote on both segments so people can sign up where, how do they get involved, and I'm assuming it's all via the web, right? It's digital. Yeah, so it's a digital, virtual, a symposium, so you know, a bunch of different topics that we're going to bring people. So yeah, you can go to United Soccer Coaches there's a special Juneteenth page. If you're on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, whatever social media, you'll find links um, that you'll be able to register and participate in any of the sessions, all the sessions, and there'll also be recordings, but we definitely want you there live with us so that we can engage, interact, and grow together. Nicole Hercules is always engaging. We're gonna take a break, come back with more Nicole Hercules and everything United Soccer Coaches is doing on Juneteenth. College coaches, make sure your program is registered for the 2020-21 College Services Program. While the 2020-21 season looks much different than any of us anticipated, we are committed to providing benefits for College Services members year-round. The College Services Program supports and promotes the college game, including rankings and awards for participating programs, regardless of when your season is played. For more information or to register your program, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org college. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap, joined by my fave, Nicole Hercules, who's the chair of the Black Soccer Coaches Advocacy Group for United Soccer Coaches. As you heard in the first segment, not only are they doing big things on Juneteenth, but they're also celebrating 25 years. And Nicole Hercules, you're only 26, so you got to be super <laughs> Thank proud you. of <laughs> you got to be super proud of those 25 years for starters, right? Of course, I was one, you know, <laughs> Just I, I really am. You know, I'm, I'm still really close with Dean. That's why you're my favorite. I tell you, <laughs> um, I really am. You know, I'm still really close with a lot of the guys who were there who started the entire thing. And I just look at how successful they are. I have these calls with Lincoln Phillips where I just leave so inspired. And I recognize that while we, while we call ourselves a black soccer coaches group, he's inspired everyone that same way. I'll sit on a call with him and this guy just breeds life. He breeds the existence of what it is to create opportunities for others. And he's still energized to continue to do this work. So the fact that he is turning 80 years old on the 4th of July, it's the 25th year, you know, we're looking to honor him, the likes of Hugh Menzies, who was there when that happened, the former Jamaican national team coach who's doing amazing things with his team. I think it's the crush team in, in Miami. I, yeah, Lauren Donaldson was a part of that group, another assistant coach. I mean, when you think about the powerhouses, my college coach, Cal Kenny Bonda, who I just was just so wonderful for me and my development as a youth college player coming up. I was a captain, but his mentorship was amazing. Kappa Kim, who's on our leadership team. There were so many amazing people. Erlina Yoder, I can't forget to throw her in there. We don't often talk about the women who were there at that time, but we just had phenomenal people. We had Lincoln Phillips, who was really that guy. You always need one person who's going to be persistent, who's going to push through, who's going to bring everyone along. And that was Lincoln. So we're we're looking forward to honor a lot of these people. Keith Tucker was also there. So you guys will meet Keith Tucker at the uh, 
symposium or our Juneteenth webinar, but just so proud of the work that all of these guys did. But they also did it in a way that was very inclusive and have some amazing re relationships with just coaches across the globe. It's just so always inspired by them. And that's why I'm looking forward to some of these sessions because I won't be the only one who's fired up. You guys will be fired up, whatever sports landscape you're in, whether you're a coach, whether you're a player, you know, whether you're a commentator, like the amazing Dean Linky, you're going to leave fired up and just wanting to do something that can just make things better for someone else. I'm really thrilled that you led with Lincoln Phillips because when I broke into U.S. soccer, Lincoln Phillips was around the full national team and he welcomed me and I didn't really know, even know that much about the sport, but he just put his arms around me and was so welcoming and so good to hear that at 80, he's still going strong because you know what, Nicole Hercules, he's seen a lot in those 80 years and he's seen a lot of trials and tribulations. He's seen history repeat itself, unfortunately, right? Mm -hmm. in the wrong way. And there's so much to be gained from that because hopefully we can see history not repeat itself in the wrong way and we only go in the right way. And that's probably part of the message he'll share as well. I think so. And I'll tell you what, the thing that I love about United Soccer Coaches, and I don't think we say this enough, and I don't think I thank United Soccer Coaches enough, but those coaches went to the leadership at United Soccer Coaches looking for a place where they can come together to increase representation. And United Soccer Coaches opened their arms and said, we're here for that. So kudos for United Soccer Coaches for creating that platform because no one else did. A lot of people are kind of trying to now. That was 25 years ago, you know? So it was really something that, you know, when you think about United Soccer Coaches and the Black Soccer Coaches group, we're just really proud that the association welcomed, you know, this platform for Black voices to be heard. I'm the first female chair, so we also wanted to move it even further, you know, to where, you know, Black women are starting to be seen because, you know, you hear about all the time, people don't know where the Black female coaches are, but we want to have a conversation where we're saying we're here. There's plenty of Black female coaches and we're working on that. There's so much to celebrate, but there's so much more work to do. But I'm happy to say that United Soccer Coaches, it's not something where last year where George Floyd thing happened and they were like, well, let's figure something out. They've always tried to lend a helping hand uh, when someone said, hey, we need a platform. You know, they gave it to, to black coaches. So shout out to United Soccer Coaches for doing that and for being that before it was this cool trend <laughs> that it is now, you know? Yeah, well, and you always say, you know, if you can see it, you can be it. And if we can continue to see more black coaches, men or women getting involved in, in moving forward, then Lincoln Phillips can sit back and say, hey, we're in good hands. He knows. He's in good hands with Nicole Hercules, but Nicole, you're out there looking for the next Nicole Hercules and they're coming, right? You're finding them, yep. I hope. Oh, absolutely. Um, and, and to be honest, we're, I said this year, I have to do more with, with black women in the sport. I don't, I don't think I did enough um, in my first year. So it's something that I have to be aware of and making sure that I'm creating opportunities for, you know, the next black woman who's coming through and just addressing some of the issues that are a little different for black women than it is for even black men or for white women. When we're talking about uh, minorities, it's two intersections. It's not just patriarchy. It's not just sexism, it's racism. It's, it's a few different things for black women. So just making sure that I am a strong advocate for these women who are coming up. When you mentioned women, you know, Crystal Dunn was pretty vocal and saying, hey, why can't I be the face of U.S. soccer? There's a lot of merit to what she is saying because that's not been the face of U.S. soccer ever, right? And, and why not? I mean, why not her or Lynn Williams or a, some other woman of color that is outstanding and has the platform to take advantage of it? It's a really good question because when you think about Crystal Dunn, who isn't just world class in one position, but she's world class. And I mean the best 
of the best in any position you put her in. You put her at outside back, center back, outside mid, center mid, striker. That girl is world-class in every position. And I'll tell you what, my coaching group, we had a pretty heated discussion about that, you know, where we, uh, people thought it was possible. People thought it was uh, a naive statement, but we need to get past this place where we think that that's a naive statement. The fact that she is a talented player who's earned her way, who's, you know, she didn't make a World Cup roster. She didn't sit, cry, and complain. She got better. She just got better, you know, and I think she's one of the best players on the team, if not the best player on the team, and I think she should be the face. Um, but I do think that you're starting to see the U.S. Soccer Federation, you know, spreading the wealth a little bit and showing some different faces. Uh, but I don't see why she can't be the face of the U.S. national soccer team. Many people look up to her. She's a phenomenal role model. She just works hard and gets the job done. So why not? She's getting the results. Yeah, going back to the, if you can see it, you can be it. And now when you look at Major League Soccer and even NWSL, we are seeing a whole lot more men and women of color out there on the field. And then when they're done playing, we want them to be involved in the game in some way, whether it's coaching or getting jobs as a general manager. And perhaps that's the way we're trending, Nicole. Your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, and that's look what we're looking to create. We're looking to create those avenues. So when we have a professional development course, we have a lot of things that are trying to prepare that next generation of professional players, or even coaches who are coming up who want to be sporting directors or general managers. MLS is working on some things. The National Women's Soccer League are working on some things uh, to address some of these things. I'm not happy with it. I don't think it's good enough. I still think you're seeing opportunities that are given to non-players of color, uh, but we're still working on what we can do within Black, the Black soccer community to help with that. We have players like Demarcus Beasley, you know, and Gucci Nyewu, you know, Eddie Pope, some amazing people, you know, Kobe Jones just ran for, you know, the U.S. Soccer Federation position. So we have people who are coming up who are looking to get more involved and looking to get active. And I just want to see that being supported by not just black coaches, but all people who want to see the best talent in some of these positions. And a lot of the coaches who are coming up just want to get really good at what they're doing so that they're, they'll be the best. When it comes to time to be in those positions, uh, they'll be qualified, they'll be the best candidate, and they'll be ready to do the job. We're here with and Nicole can do, the job. can do the job. That's the key word, can do the job, and they are ready, and they deserve the opportunity. We're here with Nicole Hercules, who is the chair of the Black Coaches Advocacy Group. She's so great. We're going to take one more break and come back with one more segment with Nicole Hercules as we push forward toward Juneteenth and a big day on Juneteenth, courtesy of Nicole, the Black Soccer Coaches Advocacy Group, and and of course, United Soccer Coaches. Looking for ways to improve your training session? Quick Goal has supplied the highest quality soccer goals, seating, field, and training equipment for more than 30 years. From backyards to the world's greatest pitches, Quick Goal has products essential to every level of the game. As an official partner to the United Soccer Coaches and technical partner to U.S. Soccer, Quick Goal knows what equipment you need to elevate your game to the next level. Visit quickgoal.com to satisfy all your equipment needs. Spend an extra time with Nicole Hercules, the chair of the Black Soccer Coaches Advocacy Group for United Soccer Coaches. And Nicole, let's get real again, as we've done often when you are on. You mentioned George Floyd and some of the other incidents. As you sit right now, how are you feeling about the progress outside of the soccer world, but just in our country? There's still a whole lot of work to do, isn't there? There's a lot of work to do inside and outside of soccer. And I'll tell you, just to, inside of soccer, there's there's a lot of things I want to address too. And, and I'm just going to be really real with you right now, Dean. There's so many racial incidences that are happening on soccer fields. And when coaches are reporting it, nothing happens. 
students. Um, so it's a conversation that's, you know, it's very consistent with what we see that's actually happening in the world. So when we say soccer represents society, we mean that. And I'm not happy with it. I think that there are stakeholders in the game who want to put a stance out and act like that's enough and it's not. It's time that there are stiff consequences when these things happen. And it was very, I loved seeing in the men's national team game where there were some homophobic chants that were being said, and it was dealt with immediately, strictly. And that's how it should be for all things that are offensive, that are, are that can just, just, just break up communities and can be very problematic. Things have that we have to know that there's a process in place. People have to be a little afraid to do these things. Cause I think right now people feel safe enough where they can behave abusively towards, you know, black people, any type of person who may be a little bit of different, different, and they feel like they can get away with it because they can. So I'm not happy with the youth landscape right now. I'm not happy at the national level as a champion of the sport. I'm not going to, you know, Dean, you know, I smile a lot, but there's some things that we have to fight a little bit harder. And this is one of those things. There's players to protect of all different colors, the experience that they have to have in this game to be able to contribute to this game and to be able to grow to make sure that our, our national teams and even just kids who just want to play this game and have fun, that they're safe um, and that it is truly for everyone. That's where we want to get to. And we're not there. We're not there. Well, I'll tell you what, for you, it's not just coach speak, you mean it. And I want to kind of direct my attention now to the fact that you do more than just chair this Black Soccer Coaches Advocacy Group. The work you do in Rochester to provide a safe haven for young people, and I'm guessing particularly young people of color, is phenomenal. Talk about why you do that and what is your message to the people that you're working with, Nicole, because it's pretty neat. I want you to share with people what you do there in Rochester. Of course, yeah. We have an inner city youth soccer program, and to be honest, we have such a mix of, of, of kids in our community. For me, it's really about creating a diverse experience and atmosphere. So we provide, of course, academic support, college advisement, career development, anything that kids and players need to survive. So I have kids of all races and it's a beautiful thing because I'm Caribbean. So I play, you know, soca music and all the kids from all the different backgrounds are dancing and having fun. Um, and for me, that's the most important thing is that you're able to bring people from a diverse population together to just fall in love with this game. And the greatest thing is it's rec soccer, so I don't have to be that super competitive former player. I just see kids smiling, enjoying themselves, coming early to sit with their friends of all different races, all different religions. And to be honest, Dean, I we had our games last week. I just sat and I smiled the whole time. It's creating an environment that I think I want to see with the rest of the world, different races, different everything, just playing this game that we love, competing hard, but just enjoying the community atmosphere. That's what I love about it. It's fun, but most importantly, kids, especially after COVID with how tough it was on kids, they get to, just to get to come out, make friends with different people and just love this game that we all love and that brings us together. So the Rochester City Soccer League for me is really that, is just bringing people together for an experience. It's a little bit different than the hyper-competitive pay-to-play model. It's a free program. Our sponsors are people who I value as human beings and their contributions in the community. So I don't take sponsorship from anyone unless they really, you know, hold our core values and they bring that positive energy to our kids. And yeah, so I wouldn't say that my, my league is just for black kids. My league's for everybody, but it's creating an environment that makes everybody welcome. I appreciate that clarification because that was important and I knew that, but I'm glad that you clarified it. And I think it's also important that 
on Juneteenth. It's not just for black coaches either. You said it once, but we'll say it again. And as we close out here, I don't mind if it takes a little while, go ahead. And I believe repetition is one of the best way to learn, you know, rinse and repeat and, and pay attention. I'd like you to break down one more time, everything that's happening. If you don't mind uh, encapsulate what's going to happen with United soccer coaches on Juneteenth, which is right around the corner. Yeah. I mean, we're excited. You know, we're going to have a full day of sessions starting with it. Uh, a welcome for all coaches. So we want to make sure that they re they realize that this is a warm and inclusive environment where we're going to have conversation. We're going to learn together. We're going to grow together. We're going to talk about the history that is American history, not just black history. Um, and everyone can take some ownership in what they can do to make this a better world for all players, even though just for today, we're saying black, you know, and that first session that we're having is a professional development session. It's going to be phenomenal. Right after that, we'll have uh, creating a pathway for players and coaches, which is going to be an amazing HBCU panel. Right after that, we're going to have our uh, black women in soccer session, which is going to talk about what it is to be a woman in the sport and how to overcome, how to prevail, how to create opportunities. And then after that, we're having our mining your health, nutrition, and the sports performance aspect of things with the amazing Stacey Wilson and Chioma Atanmo. And then we're ending with our amazing Black soccer coaches uh, social, where everyone's going to be invited to celebrate 25 years with the United Soccer Coaches, just a community of people who I truly believe can set a standard and set an example for what it looks like when we come together to work on important issues that impact everyone. And we're not just here just to have this day and it's a one-off. We want to have an action plan and a series on how we can continue to contribute to making this sport and to making legislature that supports things being better for all players in this sport. So it's going to be a great day. We're going to celebrate. We're going to have some laughs. We're going to learn. It's going to be a great day, but a day where all coaches are coming together to celebrate this historic day and our 25 years on Juneteenth. Doesn't get better than that, Dean. Other than being interviewed by you, I don't know what's better than that. <laughs> it's, well, that's definitely better than that. Can we get an amen? Amen. Hallelujah. <laughs> Amen. All right. Nicole Hercules, the chair of the Black Soccer Coaches for United Soccer Coaches, a big day on Juneteenth, but she said it best. It doesn't end there. We're not going to let it end there. Nicole, I salute you and all the work that you're doing and all the people that are along for the ride. Thanks for letting me come along for the ride. Thanks for being with us. It's always a pleasure and indeed an honor. Great. Thank you so much, Dean. It's always fun and we appreciate that you, whether or not you, we ask, you continue to push the conversation. It's so important that we have allies for that. So I always thank you for that. Thank you, my friend. Thank you, my friend, Nicole Hercules. And speaking of friends of the association, Dan Wogue, who chairs the LGBTQ and allies advocacy group. And by the way, next week, we will have a big time discussion as we celebrate Pride Month with Dan and several key figures with the LGBTQ advocacy group. But Dan is also a successful high school coach who has witnessed firsthand the importance of being ready for an emergency like we saw with Christian Erickson, the Denmark player. He has witnessed three different situations where emergency medical attention was needed. He'll talk about that and remind us all that we need to be ready no matter what level we are to save a life. And then he'll also tease 
next week's show. And then we'll end with another strong woman, just like Nicole Hercules, Susie Petroselli, who wrote the book Raised a Warrior about her experiences as a high school and college soccer player in the women's game, all that she went through as a woman. A fascinating story called Raised a Warrior. It's Susie Petroselli, but first, Dan Wog reminding us to be ready for any emergency health situation at any field around the world. This is Dean Linky again, and I wanted to take a moment to salute all of the great people that made this year's United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention such a great success. I had the great honor of serving as one of the hosts, and it was one of the best weeks in soccer I've ever had. With that, while the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention might be over, you can still get involved as we're just getting started. You can still register to receive access to all session recordings and the Digital Convention platform. Chat with your soccer coaching community and take in top level presentations from coaches around the globe, all at your own convenience. To register and receive access, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. That's right, you can still register for the 2021 United Soccer Coaches Digital Convention and have access to all of the amazing presentations. I hope you can take advantage of the special offer. And again, visit unitedsoccercoachesconvention.org. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. We have Nicole Hercules, we have Susie Petroselli, and of course, all of us were shocked this past week as part of the Euros when Denmark superstar Christian Eriksen collapsed, had a cardiac arrest, and then was saved thanks to the precautions that were made. And we wanted to address that right away on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. And to do that, we welcome in Dan Wogue, longtime writer for Soccer America, the chair of the LGBTQ and Allies Advocacy Group for United Soccer Coaches and a super successful high school coach at Staples High School on the East Coast. Dan, thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by Team Snap. Sure. And, and I know this is an important subject, Dean. It is. And you have firsthand stories to talk about how important it is. So let's get right to it, Dan. Break down those stories and where we are today because of it, and then make sure everybody hears your message. Yeah, it's, it's really, really important. We had a player on a state championship finalist team in 2006 named Preston Hurton. Great kid, wonderful midfielder. And the day his preseason started in 2009 at the University of Mary Washington. He collapsed, he was a junior, collapsed on the field and died of a heart condition that had been unknown. They did everything, they did CPR, but they could not save him. In the aftermath of that, one of the fathers on our Staples High School program provided AEDs, which are uh, automatic defibrillators, which operate, you don't need any knowledge to operate them. You just follow the instructions. And he provided one for all three of our high school teams, varsity, uh, junior varsity, and freshman. And the coaches carry them with these AEDs with us wherever we go, training and games. So fast forward about five or six years later, it's halftime of a game in the fall. I'm talking with our team on the sidelines. And all of a sudden there is a commotion on the field. You know, kids go out on the field at halftime, they kick on the goals. And uh, one of these high school seniors who was watching the game collapsed. He was in full cardiac arrest. Our trainer happened to be on the adjacent field with a field hockey game. And she came racing over with the AED 
Corona ED and brought the young man back to life. It was one of the scariest things I've ever been involved with. I was on the field and he was gone. I mean, his eyes were rolled back and he had no pulse. She applied the AED and it gave the, you know, gave the electric shock and shocked him back to life. We resumed the match at the end after, you know, we all sort of took our deep breaths. He was at the hospital. He recovered. He's fine. He just graduated from college. In the aftermath of that, a father in our program led a drive and contributed a great deal of money himself so that our school district, Westport, Connecticut, now has a couple of hundred AEDs. And these are spread throughout every school. They're at every gymnasium. They are on every athletic field in town. And they're prominently marked. So everybody knows there's an AED close wherever they are. A couple of years after all those AEDs were installed, a young boy in a middle school phys ed class collapsed. The AED and the phys ed teacher, they were right there and they brought him back to life. So, you know, the bottom line is AEDs save lives. They're moderately expensive. I think they're a couple hundred bucks each, but the cost obviously when compared to a human life I can't imagine any money more well spent. And really, because we're here representing United Soccer Coaches, which covers every level of the game, as you know, covers youth, high school, college, pro, your message, and I want you to put an exclamation point on it, is no matter the cost, let's make sure we're ready for a situation like you just described or one that we all witnessed watching the Euros with Christian Erickson. Sure. I mean, if you're a school district, you know, make that, you're a coach in a school district, Make that case to your athletic director and board of education. If you're a club, you know, put this at the highest priority. If you don't have the funds, go to a local organization, go to the Rotary Club or the Lions and say, this is what we need. If, if those AEDs are at fields, they're there for everybody. I mean, it's not just athletes who are at the fields. They're spectators. They're people jogging and walking their dogs. You know, these are community resources and you never know when you'll need one, but when you do, boy, will you be glad one is right there. Yeah, and we certainly thank God they were there for your stories. And of course, we thank God that they were there for Mr. Erickson and glad to hear that he's doing better. So this is well time. Speaking of well time, Dan, before we let you go, you have an incredible panel that will be featured next week as we celebrate Pride Month. Dan, I want to give you the floor to promote next week's show, which is a great opportunity as we, again, encourage people to make sure that they have these AEDs. But I also want to talk about next week's show. Uh, sure. We're very proud to be part of uh, LGBTQ Pride Month. We got a great group, members of our leadership team. Everybody's got a different story. Everybody's got a different take. We're just proud to be part of United Soccer Coaches. Uh, we're finalizing all the guests. Um, Cage Leitner has a great story, which Dean has talked about before. Bree Smith, Shalom Kimball, just a great group of people. And everybody's got a different perspective, but we're all coaches in this together. Indeed, Dan, I'm looking forward to that show. And thanks so much for sharing your special message about the importance of having AEDs and to be ready for situations like we witness 
with Christian Erickson. Dan, always a pleasure. Thanks for being on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thanks for all you do, Dean. Great message from Dan Wogue and look forward to his message and his panel next week. We started the show with a powerful woman in Nicole Hercules. We end the show with a powerful woman in Susie Petroselli, who has written a great book called Raise a Warrior. Talks about the trials and tribulations of being a young woman in sport, in high school, and in college. It covers everything. A big-time book. Susie had reconnected with Lynn Berlin Manuel, the CEO of United Soccer Coaches, who encouraged her to get back on the United Soccer Coaches podcast, and that's exactly what we do. We have Susie Petroselli back on the United Soccer Coaches podcast, talking about her book, Raised a Warrior, and the importance of more women telling stories about them in sport and in life. Susie Petroselli on the bounce. United Soccer Coaches' advanced diplomas have long been regarded as an excellent way to expand your coaching knowledge, advance your career, and improve your player's development. Now, with our blended format that incorporates online and in-person learning, coaches with ever-demanding schedules can earn their diploma in the most time-friendly way possible. Visit unitedsoccercoaches.org slash advanced diplomas for more information. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. This week, it's all about powerful women, women making a difference. I want to thank Nicole Hercules, who's the chair of the Black Coaches Advocacy Group with her strong message about Juneteenth. It's never too early to learn about all we've been through and we continue to try to level the playing field. And speaking of that, we're pleased to welcome back a prior guest, Susie Petroselli, who has written a book called Raised a Warrior, a memoir of soccer grit and leveling the playing field. It's a fantastic book. We covered it, I want to say almost a year ago, Susie, but we wanted to have you back for good reason. Welcome back to the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thank you so much, Dean. Thank you for having me again. I'm so excited. Yeah, we have a, a good update. Yeah, and part of it, you had a conversation with our CEO, Lynn Berlin Manuel. Tell us what triggered uh, us getting you back on in your conversation with Lynn Berlin Manuel. Yeah, so the book, as you know, was published last year um, in the UK. It won a prize from an organization called Women in Football and a publisher called Floodlit Dreams Publishing, which is led by Ian Ridley, who's a, a sports writer um, and novelist there. Um, and he put together a prize in honor of his wife, Vicki Orvis, who's a pioneer sports journalist there who had just recently at that time passed away from breast cancer, sadly. You know, the book was published last year in England. And then we um, spent this, we basically spent the quarantine year trying to find a way to get it published in the, in the North American market, which we did uh, last fall. And so now it's coming out again, a new edition, um, a hardback by Apollo Publishing, and it's in pre-order now. It'll be available on July 13th. So it's very exciting. Yeah, what well, you were talking to Lynn, though, about, uh, hey, how can I get the word out platform? And she obviously said, hey, come back on United Soccer Coaches podcast. And, but you also talked about the fact that, you know, hey, we want more women to see that they can write books about sports and female athletes and, and that type of initiative. So you have the floor to talk about why that is so important to you. Yeah, so I saw uh, Lynn speak at, I think it was a women in soccer panel a few weeks ago. I just connected so deeply with everything that she was saying. I knew that, you know, she was talking about the women's advocacy group in the coaches association. And um, I had to reach out to her and, um, and tell her about 
my book and also about the film um, that, you know, I, I mentioned to you last year, we're working on with Kelly Nascimento. Lynn couldn't have been nicer to me and obviously excited about our, their shared mission to continue uh, growing opportunities for girls in the sport, growing opportunities for everyone in, in soccer, right? Yeah, so she, you know, was excited uh, to get me back in touch with you. And, you know, really right now, women who write about sports feel sort of a constant headwind. I think not just writing about sports, but getting into the sports industry. Um, you know, we we do have more opportunities now to play, at least here in the U.S., but, you know, we're still feeling this headwind when it comes to getting into sports journalism and sports business and sports tech and sports, uh, and sports media. I was sort of naive about the process in the last 15 years trying to get my sports story published. It hasn't been easy. And so now, you know, after going through the process and learning about the publishing world um, and getting this far to the point where the book is coming out, but through a traditional publisher, um, you know, I, I was talking to Lynn about you know, sort of the next step, which is proving that it's important and there's a market for getting more uh, women's sports stories out to girls um, and everyone, not just girls. I mean, this, you know, my story is important for girls. It's important for teenage girls and, and young women and, uh, you know, soccer players and athletes. It's also, you know, important for mothers and daughters. Uh, but one of the one of the coolest things about it that has happened that was a surprise was um, the father-daughter um, connection. So a lot of dads of daughters, of female athletes have been reaching out to me about the book. They've read it. They've connected with it. It's helped. They've said it's helped them understand their daughters on a deeper level. Girls are complicated, especially for, for dads these days. A lot of the time, girls and dads bond over sports. It's one of the first things that they, they bond over. And so my book sort of takes it to the next level where Yes, you're bonding with your dad about sports, but your dad also is learning um, about, you know, the struggles of being a girl. It's, it's uh, you know, we have we have things that are hard to talk about, and it's hard for dads to talk about their talk with their daughters about, um, you know, the experience of being a girl. So my book um, has 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 uh, helped people in that way, which is which is really really exciting. Well, it doesn't hold back the book "Raised a Warrior: A Memoir of Soccer Grit and Leveling the Playing Field." You talk about your experiences with your twin sister who had to deal with an eating disorder. You talked about some of your issues dealing with your own sexuality and, and how that takes place during critical years, your college years, and even before your college years. I mean, it really does cover everything, which I think, again, this is a perfect platform because one thing about United Soccer Coaches, they open their arms to everybody, which I'm sure attracted you as well, Susie. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, you know, I mean, it's it's a book about, you know, injuries, mental health. It's a book about nutrition. It's a book, you know, it's a book about learning how to be a good teammate, being inspired by our teammates. You know, the, my teammates at Harvard were the most incredible uh, young women I had ever met. And I, you know, I knew at the time that younger girls and other people, anyone would be inspired by these, by these people, not because they're girls, not because they're athletes, but because they're incredible people. You know, we also had some crazy fun times at Harvard, which I thought, you know, I, I really did genuinely um, believe that people would enjoy our story. 
Well, one of the things that uh, I, I want you to talk about is this is the United Soccer Coaches, almost 30,000 members. And of course, girls soccer continues to grow every day. There's never been a better time. There's more women. If you can see it, you can be it. There's more women coaching as well, which is great. But I like the fact that you mentioned that men are also appealing to this book because they have daughters. But let's talk to the coaches directly and particularly maybe the male coaches that are, you know, we're still trying to figure out women and coaching girls and that type of thing. What is your message? to coaches on why they should also read this book because I think it'll help them understand also what girls go through. Yeah, I have had a large um, group of, of male coaches that coach, you know, female teams um, reach out to me about the book and tell me that it's, you know, it's helped them understand what girls are going through on the field, um, what girls are going through off the field, just in terms of managing, you know, our biology uh, while we're trying to stay on the field and stay in, in school. So yeah, that's been that's been a really uh, cool part of the process too. We still have a lot of, of work to do in terms of um, educating uh, male coaches about, you know, really sort of emotionally how to connect with the, with the girls, the right way to handle mental health issues with with young females. I also think it's 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 a challenge for young men to, you know, no, you know, they, like, let's be honest, they, they have, they want to be around their girls, they want to be close to their girls, but there's a limit. And so, you know, I think my, my book is a good way for guys to get sort of an inside look at the, at the mindset of a young female player. I think it's fitting that it's called Raised a Warrior because part of the reason we brought you back on is, and you already touched base on the fact that you used this entire year to figure out a way to get published and it had to have a warrior mentality, I, I believe, to, <laughs> to get through that and deal with all the pits and valleys and, and that type of thing. Uh, that's fair to say, right? It wasn't easy to get to this point where you're finally published here in the United States, correct? Oh yeah, no, it's been hard. Every step of the way, it, it's definitely been hard, you know? Um, and, you know, I just recently sort of kind of put that metaphor to it where it's, you know, been sort of this constant headwind. If you do get to read the book, it, you know, I, I am pretty stubborn. Um, and when I set my mind to something and when I get my heart set on something, I just don't give up. That came from soccer. It came from my experience in soccer. It came from the way my father raised me. You know, the, the title of the book, Raised a Warrior, comes from the way that my dad raised me to be a warrior in the field. That mentality of you know, setting a long-term goal and figuring out a way to work with the resources that you have and the teammates that you have and, and being part of a team and, and understanding where you fit into that team. It may not be as the leading scorer, but you know that uh, wherever you are on the team, you're an important person. I think I sort of took that and I've been kind of building a team around uh, the book and I've been sort of building a team um, of people that are, you know, have the same mission that I have, um, which is growing uh, exposure and respect and um, opportunities for girls in sports. Um, and yeah, so yeah, it definitely has been difficult along the way, but I've been um, fortunate to find some really amazing allies along the way, like like you and um, like Marianne from the last podcast. Um, and uh, yeah, I've just been, you know, keep keep, uh, you know, working, put one foot in front of the other every step of the way. And we kind of keep setting new goals. Um, and pretty, you know, pretty miraculously, we keep, we keep, uh, we keep, we keep hitting those goals. So, you know, the, the current goal though, is, is a big one. Um, it's a little bit daunting. You know, I, I, every step of the way, I've been very 
uh, felt very fortunate and felt very blessed um, to keep hitting, you know, keep hitting these goals and get the book published in England first and now get the, pub the book published here in the States. Um, and then, you know, now the, the current uh, goal really is to try to prove that, you know, the book um, can sell enough books to be considered a quote unquote success in the publishing world. Um, because my, you know, my, my mission is to make it easier for more girls to tell their stories and get published. Um, and, um, you know, particularly sports stories. Um, and instead of harder, you know, I mean, my, my worst fear, to be honest with you, Dean, is that, you know, the, the book, um, you know, isn't considered a success. And then it, I, I, I somehow have made, all of a sudden made it harder for publishers to, you know, to consider women's sports stories um, to be published next. So, so I'm feeling a little bit of pressure, I'll be honest with you. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I really do believe that, um, you know, not only is it important to show, um, like, uh, to prove to people, to prove to publishers um, that we, we are in need of and wanting um, more women's sports stories. Um, but I think, um, you know, it's, it's also that, you know, if this is just another example of something that women um, can do and should be able to do. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be something where people are saying, oh, well, this is a girl pub, you know, talking about women's sports. Um, and so all of a sudden, just because it's a girl talking about, uh, you know, talking about the subject or writing about the subject um, or pushing into a new arena, um, it's, it's, you know, she, she's automatically uh, behind the eight ball, let's say, right? Um, and um, so this is just, you know, another, it's, it's become sort of my way of pushing things forward for women. Well, as we wrap up our time here, as you talk about putting one foot in front of the other, what is important for you to share with people? Will there be more books for you? I love the fact that you're talking about creating a pathway for other women to write books, but what about you? And then touch on the film that you just mentioned that you're doing with Pelé's daughter. Paint us a picture of the future for Susie Petroselli moving forward uh, outside of the fact that you also want to create this incredible pathway for women to be able to get published, which is a phenomenal trait of yours, Susie, and, and certainly commendable. Thank you. Um, yeah, so, you know, we have the film coming out with Kelly, so that's exciting. Um, and Julie Foudy is the executive producer on that, which is amazing. And, um, and then I'm also currently working for Atalanta Media. Um, we're building a platform called atafootball.com um, and with Esmeralda Negron and Hannah Brown. Um, and so that platform is, it's up, it's, it was launched in September. And right now all of the content is free on the site. Um, you, all you have to do is put in your email and, um, you know, make a password for yourself. And, you know, we're currently building a second version of that platform um, that will have all kinds of cool features. And, you know, we're basically, um, we're doing what, you know, actually the, my book talks about, I, I talk about in my book when I was a little girl and I just wanted to see soccer on TV the same way American football and baseball was on TV in my house, you know, in my neighborhood. Um, when I was a kid and, you know, I talk about how in 94, when the World Cup was in the, in the United States, the men's World Cup was in the U.S., you know, all of a sudden soccer was on TV and I was so excited and I assumed very naively that it would come with the same amount, you know, an equal amount of, of women's soccer, which of course we, we know it didn't. Um, but so this, you know, this, uh, my job with Atalanta Media working on ads of football is so cool. It was very full circle for me because um, I was writing about 
you know, trying to get more women's sports on TV. And now all of a sudden I'm working for a tech, very cool technology company that's doing it, right? We are literally getting more women's soccer on, um, you know, to people, to, to their fans, to the audience, to the girls that are playing, to the, you know, um, to the coaches. And um, it's going to be a very cool platform. I hope everybody checks it out. All right. It is called Raised a Warrior, a memoir of soccer grit and leveling the playing field. And it's worth repeating, leveling the playing field as beyond this incredible book. Susie is trying to do just that. I think you should end with a final plug. Where can people get the book? I'm sure it's pretty standard fare, but uh, let's make sure you can promote where people can get the book. Yeah, thank you. Yeah, it really honestly would mean a lot um, if you guys would pre-order a copy or two of the book and it's it's on pre-order now you can uh, pre-order it on amazon uh, barnes and noble uh, bookshop.org and even target uh, has it on on pre-order which i was blown away i thought that was very cool um so so yeah it, you know it would really mean a lot and i think you know it's one way that we can prove that we're um you know willing to invest and support uh women in, in sports and women in soccer I'm grateful that you reached out to Lynn and then I'm grateful that Lynn triggered you reaching out to me and I'm grateful that you can share the stage today with Nicole Hercules, another amazing woman just like you, Susie. Thank you so much for your return visit on the United Soccer Coaches podcast presented by Team Snap. Thank you again, Dane. You're the best. Susie, you're the best. Nicole Hercules is also the best. I also want to thank Dan Wogue, who's fantastic as well, for getting us updated on the importance of AEDs, no matter what level you are in soccer. As we witnessed during the European Championships with Denmark and Finland, it is so important to have your AEDs standing by. A big-time show. also want to thank Jonas Worth and Bailey Conklin, Sean Chevrolet, and all the great folks at United Soccer Coaches, as well as our producer, Colin Thrash. For each and every one of them, I'm Dean Linke. This is the United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by TeamSnap. We'll see you next week. Thanks for listening to the weekly United Soccer Coaches Podcast presented by TeamSnap. To learn more, visit unitedsoccercoaches.org and teamsnap.com.